0: Welcome to Amicast, a podcast about under computers. I'm your host, Krzysztof Radzikowski, But call me Krzysztof or Logic.
1: Sub conversations? we are wasting good material for an interview. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. We need to
2: stop chatting. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So, let's st- Let's start it uh, officially now. Okay, so I will start it uh, in 3, two, 1. So, hi to everyone and to everybody and uh, to my guests. Uh, this is a Amikast uh, episode 17, as I know, as I think. Yeah, 17. And I have the Guru Meditation on the other side of mic. So, hello, guys.
1: Cześć, Kristoff. Hello.
0: Cześć. So now we we'll switch again to English.
1: Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just showing off because I know a couple of Polish uh, words, but I'm just a poser. I don't really know how to speak Polish. <laughs>
2: I'm not, and I'm not even going to try because I'd probably just mispronounce it anyway.
1: There's no problem, but it's
0: always a Krupnik. Uh, so you are after your streaming a few minutes ago? or Yeah, something yeah like we're,
1: we're doing this interview right after yeah. uh, a four-hour stream on our YouTube channel. We just... Um, well, it, we're very fortunate. We have, um, we, at one point recently, we we crossed a uh, thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel, and uh, we said, "Hey, you know what? A thousand subscribers, Amiga 1000. Anthony has an amazing collection uh, of Amiga 1000s and Amiga 1000 peripherals. Let's just like hang out with some of our viewers and show them Anthony's collection."
2: Yeah, it's and and it, it gives me an opportunity to go uh, to go through my stuff and and you know get it out and set it up and kind of remember why why I love this stuff so much.
0: But the streaming is uh, on YouTube as well, or it will be. So we can put the link uh, uh, in on description of podcast.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah, the um the link for our like live channel is always youtube.com slash c slash the guru meditation uh so whenever we're live you can go to that link uh but then after we do a live show it gets archived with its own unique url so um i'm not sure what the url is yet of our 1000 for 1000 show but um i'm sure we'll find it and you can you can post it um live shows are obviously they're always best when they're live because uh you have chat (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And you can talk to us, and um,
2: we try to reply to you, but it.
1: You we know, try to reply when we can, <laughs>
2: but when we can, yeah, it's hard. it's hard when you're doing a live stream to. Uh, to actually be able to also follow chat while you're doing other things, you're working with the camera, which is usually Bill's job, not mine, because uh, he he saw my not-too-steady cam on the shots in the barn when Bill was climbing up to retrieve things, but also, I'll be, you know, you're looking at the Amiga, you're throwing a disc in, you just can't always follow it, but it's still, like, when you look over, you can, we kind of try to grab some stuff there, it's it, uh, you know, I, the live stream is kind of neat because it, it, you have this chat going on. It's not like just posting a video, but later on, people can still uh, watch and enjoy the video and comment on it. We try to, you know, we try to, to go in and, and kind of
1: respond to comments and chat with people. For sure. Yeah. And the live chat is cool because um, there's other Amiga users hanging out in chat and you get to meet new friends that way. And there's some really cool sub conversations that happen in the chat. While we're making fools of ourselves.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, 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 I must try it sooner or later, somehow. Uh, but uh, maybe now I will ask you something, because we started about the YouTube, so um, I have some questions prepared by your friend. Uh, so this means uh, uh, the uh, Conrad... Kostetski, yeah. Ah, cocos,
2: coconuts. Well, will he still be our friend after you ask the questions? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I think we will make the mix, que- uh, mix from question for 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 this two pack of questions because he put a lot of this and. Uh, I think, oh, uh, well, this is too much. <laughs>
2: sure, really, sure. Um, it's the show, you're the boss. <laughs> we just we just streamed for how long? We I, just went I, for four hours. I don't so. think I don't think any number of questions is too much. We could yeah, be here another
0: four. <laughs> uh, okay, so I I think I will start with with the question number four. <laughs> so we we'll okay. jump now because we were talking about the YouTube. So uh, uh, why the guru meditation and uh, what is it and yeah, what are you doing in, in, in Amiga world?
1: Oh, well, it's funny because um, Andy and I have been uh, buddies since 1987 uh, and that's back when we both got our Amiga 500s. Um, you were probably
2: earlier than
1: me because you were already
2: in the users group. I bought my 500 and then... I think a little bit later, I started going to the local users group, and you were already there.
1: I'm pretty sure. But I was 87, 88 around uh, there. So yeah, it was,
2: it was right in the. We we probably bought our machines within a few months of each other.
1: Right, and so um, you know, back before uh, the internet was popular, um, there were user groups like local user groups that you could go to and hang out with other Amiga users and share your ideas, uh, show what you've been doing with your Amiga, um, and we met once a month. Right. And uh, and that's it was where at
2: it was at an Amiga store. And the only way to get information was either either somebody you knew was doing it, someone bought whatever the new thing was,
1: or uh, through magazines that you would pick up when you went to the meeting. Right, and every month uh, there would be a demonstration. So, uh, for example, uh, there would be a demonstration about Deluxe Paint, or a demonstration about AdPro, or a demonstration about bars and pipes if someone was good at music. And uh, I was actually the president of this user group. So I organized uh, when we would meet and who was going to demonstrate what. And I used to do a lot of demonstrations myself. Um, so, and Anthony also did a lot of demonstrations uh, for the club. And our YouTube channel is just kind of uh, growing out of this user group. Well, uh,
2: I, I would say we, we kind of, uh, you know, as you, as Amiga Commodore and Amiga waned, and you know, went off to college, go off to get a job. This stuff kind of got put aside. This kind of like a, a resurgence and a continuation of that is, you know, let's go do this thing. Let's let's uh let's kind of do the stuff we used to do, and if we don't have that. We still do meet as a users group, but. A lot of the guys, it's more just a meeting of friends now because a lot of those guys don't even have Amigas anymore. But we met through the Amiga, so they still come up and we chat about whatever, maybe a new Android thing, maybe a new Windows thing. Uh,
1: ah. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, no. <laughs> sorry. I said
2: the W word. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's like, so let's do this. Let's sort of can almost continue the the what we used to do with the users group and just throw it up on uh, on YouTube.
1: Yeah. So now, uh, thanks to YouTube, you know, we can do an Amiga demo and not just share it with you know a handful of people at an Amiga user group meeting, but we can share it with everyone who's got an internet connection. Uh, so that was what attracted us, and uh, we're also like big fans of podcasts. Uh, so we uh, used to listen to a podcast called the widget oh,
2: and yeah. yeah and they that were was like one of the first
1: yeah, yeah they I were awesome that. and unfortunately and the widget they were just a bunch of a couple of regular guys who used their computer and uh we just really responded to them and uh, fortunately their pod their podcast ended and when their podcast ended we were like hey well like why don't we do something <laughs> and uh i was you know bouncing around on youtube and i saw um i saw like dan wood's youtube channel and it was amazing and i saw ravi's youtube channel and it was amazing and i was like you know what like this is exactly what we've been doing since 1987 let's just keep doing it and throwing it up on youtube and you know maybe someone will pay attention to it
2: and uh, yeah amazingly uh you know tons of people have paid attention to it uh, over a
0: thousand. <laughs> In Amiga World, is uh, I think very um, successful. Uh, the, to have the thousand subs is not so easy.
2: Well, and and I think like the biggest video we have is like eleven thousand.
1: No, I think Dave Haney's video is probably the most popular one. But yeah, the, the one when I went to Poland to Amy party is also yeah, I mean, very successful. Yeah. But um, you know what? I like, at the end of the day, like we do it because it's a lot of fun for us. And it's all about quality, not quantity. And I you know, hopefully, we'll get a lot more subscribers. But we we don't really care how many subscribers we have. We just want to meet other cool Amiga users and make new friends. And that's right. that's the whole reason why we started it. And it doesn't matter if we have you know 300 or 3,000, as long as we're making new friends and getting inspired to use our Amiga. That's that's the only reason why we we do this.
2: Right. A, a recent 1,000, uh, you know, basically showcasing the Amiga 1,000 in a live uh, live feed for 1000 subscribers might imply that we keep an eye on it. But, uh, in truth, and I, I think like we even said, uh, you know, in that is, is basically it's really, we're just using it as an
1: excuse. We, we do it anyway. Yeah, this is stuff we would, we would exactly, we'd do this anyway. And, um, you know, it, it, like I said, we don't really care how many subscribers we have, but uh, at the end of the day, like, we do put a lot of work into the videos, so you want someone to listen. Right. Like, if, if no one was watching, then it would be like, all right, well, we're going to do this anyway, we're just not going to put it on YouTube anymore. <laughs> but fortunately, uh, that you know, a lot of people have gotten, uh, you know, they've given us very positive responses, and, uh, and uh, so... It, we're going to keep doing it and it's it's nice to, to have uh, such positive responses to our videos because we do put quite a bit of work into them.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. very good quality <laughs> and uh, the post production and I don't know the, the, it's every video looks good so this is um, very nice and this is uh, I think it's not so popular again in Amiga work to make the more in professional way than the uh, from the shaky camera or something, yeah?
1: Yeah, well, that's um, we have a little bit of an advantage there because I make video for a living. I'm a professional cinematographer. I went to NYU film school and I'm lucky uh, to have some really nice equipment and I've studied the art of filmmaking and cinematography and that is my real passion. <laughs> and I'm combining two passions, my love for filmmaking and my love for Amiga into into one channel. Uh, so that's why the quality is is a you know a little bit a little bit better than your average YouTube video because I've studied cinematography for over 20 years now and uh, I'm lucky enough to be successful at it so I can afford some pretty nice equipment and um, and use the equipment to to shoot our Amigas. <laughs> yeah,
2: and and you can see the difference when you see the one video that I shot. <laughs>
1: Anthony went rogue this month and made his own video, and it was it was it was a very beautiful video. Which is another thing to to consider is like the um, quality is extremely important, but uh, the the material is the most important part. You know, if you have something interesting to say and you have some good information, uh, that's the most important. You and know,
2: you, and you present it in a way that makes it interesting or entertaining. Uh, I think, and that's something that I've been. I mean, you can't work with someone who's a professional at it and not obtain some learning from them on like what makes something a little bit better you know chances are if I tried to do that video four years ago it would not have been anywhere near as good as it was and half of the issues with it are just basically not having like the level of equipment and not having done it before I I threw something together just because I received something in the mail but I I think it's just something that people might be interested in let me just let me throw some wacky stuff in there let me throw a little story on top of it main thing is just unboxing I mean an unboxing isn't really all that interesting but an unboxing with a little story behind it a little goofiness uh, you know a, a flag that was on top of Mount Everest behind it now it's a little. Now it's got a little. Now it's got a little, little something to it. A little meat on the bone.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's cool. Is because I, I love filmmaking. I love telling stories. Anthony and I make a great team because uh, I have the, the video production background, and Anthony has. He's an an IT manager, and he has the incredible Amiga background and Amiga collection. <laughs> so uh, there's there's a lot of material to to draw on. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, to make it clear.
0: But i think it's uh, uh, clear now Uh, so your youtube uh, channel so this youtube channel is um, extension of the westchester amiga user group yeah exactly
1: yes it's the the guru meditation is an extension of the westchester amiga user group andy and i are co-presidents of the westchester amiga user group and um the things that we showcase on the youtube channel are also things that we do at our uh, local Amiga user group meetings Uh, but the exception is on YouTube we edit the videos and present them to anyone on YouTube whereas at the user group meeting we can only present to whoever shows up at the meeting. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay Uh, and uh, maybe now the first standard questions that should be so your um, first computer and uh, and today what is happening which Amiga
1: are you using and
0: and so and so on.
1: My, um, my first computer was an Atari 800, and I still have it to this day, and it is one of my favorite machines ever. Um, back then, you know, I, was, I got the computer in the early 1980s. I was born in 1975, so I was very young and very lucky to have such a nice computer. Um, little did I know that Jay Miner, who is the, the father of the Amiga, designed the Antic chip. Which is in the Atari 800. <laughs> so I was sort of uh, attracted to, to to him and his designs uh, very very early on without you know knowing exactly what was going on behind the scenes. So um, Atari 800 was my first computer, and the computer that I use now, um, well, the Amiga I use now is an Amiga 1200 uh, because I think it's the most versatile. In uh, you know in 2016, it's got the PC MCIA port, so I can transfer files from my PC over to the Amiga very easily Indivision AGA board so I can hook it up to a LCD monitor um, and my regular computer that I use day to day is just a simple MacBook Pro
2: okay for me uh, my first computer after having a, an Atari 2600 it was called a video computer system VCS was not a computer I, uh, I convinced my parents uh, to buy me a Commodore 64 and uh, then uh, I had a 128, and then I, I saw the Amiga, it, it amazed me, so the, I mean, the first Amiga I picked up at that point was the 500, because when I saw the Amiga, the 1000 had been out for a while, it was an expensive machine, I didn't really follow it, because I didn't have one, but then a friend of mine had bought it one, and when I saw him again, and he told me, oh, I have this great machine, you gotta check it out, um, I, I was like, "Wow, I have to get this. This is amazing." Uh, and he's like, "Well, there's new machines coming out real soon. You want to get one of those?" And I picked up the 500 when I saved up enough money. I mean, this was back when I was in college. So basically, what I did was, I didn't. I had a job only during the summers. So uh, between what I made over the summer and my parents would give me money for food. I uh, I just would not spend it on food. I would save it, um, and I saved up for my 500. So I bought a 500 without RAM expansion, without a second floppy drive. Uh, the very next thing I bought was a floppy drive. Then I bought the 501 RAM expansion, uh, and I was just I was I was hooked uh, from that moment. It was everything everything that hooked me on the Commodore 64 and more um, because you had a real operating system you could fiddle with things you could customize things it was just it was just amazing and I've never I mean I do the only Macs that I own uh, I basically picked up mostly to own like a mac 512 and a mac SE, which would have been direct competition with the 1000 just figuring we can eventually and we did that we had that one picture where we have the amiga between uh the mac and uh, the atari st with they're all contemporaries they're all 68000 machines um but the only other mac i own is a morphos uh it's a mac it's a power book G four PowerBook to run Morphos, Um, but other than that, I have a a Windows laptop. It's a uh, it's a it's a new uh, ASUS Strix with the NVIDIA ten seventy graphics card in it.
0: Okay, so uh, now I can maybe because somehow somebody of you, so probably Anthony, you are using not only classic Amiga. I understand, yeah
2: yep uh, uh, I think bill he he only has classic amigas I I have uh, a morphos machine and I also have amiga OS 4.1 running uh, with
1: UAE yeah you know I have for me it's it's a mixture of things like I, I love Amiga and nostalgia is obviously a big part of it so I love the classic amigas um, however you no know, next generation or new generation Amigas are something that I'm very interested in and I would like to uh, get more involved in and it's definitely on my to-do list so to speak and I've booted up MorphOS, and um, I've also uh, I've been a beta tester for uh, FriendUp, uh, David Pleasant's new uh, operating system. Um, I haven't played around much with Amiga OS uh, 4 but it's something that I'm definitely interested in. Um, but, you know, I always just gravitate towards the classic Amigas because that brings back all the, the great memories for me. And um, you know, I, I as an artist, I just I love the fact uh, that is limited. Like you know, with a modern computer, you can do pretty much anything you want. Like anything you imagine, you can create on the screen. But w- 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 with with uh, a classic Amiga you have certain restrictions and limitations. You know, you can say, okay, I'm going to make this photo in ham mode and I'm limited to 4,096 colors. And, uh, you know, back then I was always trying to push the envelope and and use the latest technology. But, you know, now that I've gone to film school and photography school, I want to take, like, what I've learned and and see, like, okay, if I knew this back then, what could I do with the Amiga? (laughs) So that's kind of, like, the most exciting thing for me using Amiga right now. But, you know... Just from a technical standpoint, I would absolutely would love to use some more uh, amiga os four point one uh, stuff, and I know they're coming out with a a new a new amiga power pc that runs um, amiga f- os four point one and I, it's something I'm really interested. in. I know it's going to be quite expensive, <laughs> but uh, yes unfortunately <laughs> but um but you know it's it's a hobbyist tool it's a toy so at this point so um, it's something that I would certainly like to try out. Uh, But my heart is with the the classic Amigas.
2: I think there there was a long time uh, after Commodore went under and, you know, they were purchased by ESCOM and you saw they were working on this new machine, the Walker, looked kind of wacky, but okay, at least someone's picked up Amiga and it may continue. And then they go out of business and then Gateway picks them up and it's like, oh, okay. You know, maybe it'll continue. Uh, I think... For the most part, at this point, uh, we I think most of us who who are realistic, uh, we kind of realize that probably you know it's it's not going to become as big as it was even when Commodore was around, which which I think is why I'm going back. Like I I have a Morphos machine. I can't say I use it that much, but. Uh, you know, using the old machine is is always there. It's like a, it's almost like coming home after a long business trip. Okay, I understand. But
0: uh, at the end of all, uh, I'm waiting for the X5000 um, as well. I'm using the theNG, the NG the 41. So it's nice to if you have some cash to buy it I think maybe this is the good option because it's something like you can connect everything together, the past and let's hope the future um, somehow Uh, agreed Yeah, but okay so this is the uh, about your computers, your stuff Uh, I think it should be enough Uh, so now I could ask about uh, how mm, the the retro uh, scene and the Amiga scene and and so on uh, looks like in uh, USA because the, uh, everybody knows this that the Europe is the most uh, popular Amiga or, or or this this stuff um, era. Yeah, you know what I mean. So this is the Germany, UK, now Poland. Uh, and uh, France, Italy, so
1: Europe. I think there's no way to compare the scene here in the US with the European scene as far as Amiga goes. I mean, uh, over in Europe they just take it to a whole other level. Like Amiga is, is uh, actually quite popular there. Here in the USA, um, retro scene is actually like, it's pretty strong, but it's not so much Amiga. I would say when you think of retro, people the first thing people think of is uh, Super Nintendo or NES. Yeah. That's oh. the most popular thing here in the States. Uh, and also arcades. Uh, here in New York, we have an amazing place called Barcade. Uh, they have multiple locations, and uh, it's an arcade and craft beer. <laughs> and they have all the classic arcade machines from you know everything from Pong to Space Invaders to Pac-Man. Uh, all the way up to the more the more modern stuff. Well, modern, <laughs> modern meaning like Mortal Kombat Two <laughs> and Street Fighter Two. Um, yeah. But so I think like arcade and Nintendo is uh, is very popular here as far as retro goes in the United States. Um, but not not so much Amiga. Amiga, is...
2: Amiga specific or even Commodore specific. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, Commodore
1: sixty four. People know the Commodore sixty four here, and a lot of people had them. You know, obviously, it's the best selling computer of all time. And but. It's not the same as Nintendo or uh, even like the original PlayStation that's considered retro. Like people love the original point, yeah. PlayStation here. Uh, but Amiga is just it's a small tight knit community and general public does not even know what Amiga is. They know they know they've heard of the Commodore 64, but they really don't know much about Amiga here except for this tight knit Amiga community.
2: Yeah, another friend of mine and I would go and uh, go down to Redding, Pennsylvania uh, where they had, uh, it started out, I God, I don't remember the name of the show when it first started out, but it became a show called uh, Too Many Games, which was basically a retro gaming show. And he would set up uh, a table of, of the Commodore 8-Bits, and I'd set up a table of Amigas. And I don't think anyone at the show knew what they were. It's It was all Atari, like, I mean, Atari DCS, uh, uh, ColecoVision, Vision, Nintendo, uh, Sega those are huge in the retro the whole uh, retro uh, scene here is is pretty much centered around uh, video games uh, and like bill said arcade
1: games consoles uh, he,
2: I think even more is the consoles uh, we actually I, I would actually have people come out and they they were actually be amazed by the games on the Amiga like why didn't I ever hear of this machine but and then on the on the flip side uh, you have people now; they're into older games, but because they're into older games, really with Nintendo, they don't know how to hold a joystick. Uh, it's all a D-pad. They have no idea what they would they would pick up the joystick and like, like how how do I use this? Because they're used to just pressing for the four direction buttons. It, it's it's vastly different over here uh, than over in Europe. Over in Europe, uh, it just amazes me also how many younger people are into older machines that they, they probably didn't use as a kid. I, I don't imagine they grew up where, where the Amiga was the main computer in the household. It was probably some kind of Windows machine. It just seems to me like they've come into it. It's almost like a, a by choice like I've seen this machine. I've seen other people who are into it. That's a really cool scene. I want to get into that. I, I'd love to hear from some of those people and find out exactly how they got into the Amiga. Because I mean, it seems pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, th- this as well depends
0: because, for example, in Poland the Amiga was um, in the nineties or, or or something like. 90s plus, so that's why the this was the, maybe not, but this was the this was the chance that the Amiga was the main computer in, in uh, at home. So, but in Germany it was different. Uh, this is true. Uh, but um, other thing, funny thing, because the whole story of Amiga has, is is connected with USA because there there was the the office, there was the. Uh, Dave Haney, RJ, and the the, the all uh, I will say gods gods of Amiga, and uh, <laughs> probably you could uh, see the whole story how it's working.
1: You know, it's so funny because uh, you know we're we're kind of downplaying USA and how it's just not not popular here like it was in Europe. But yeah, I mean, like look, the Amiga was made in the USA <laughs> and it was made by American guys, uh, so can't lose sight of that and Amiga's World Headquarters is two hours away from New York City where we live in uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania yeah, and absolutely. a lot of those engineers are still in that area and uh, when we go do our exhibits at the Vintage Computer Festival each year uh, that is about an hour from Commodore's World Headquarters and you know lots of Commodore engineers still show up at that show like Bill Hurd from the Commodore 8-Bit uh, days and uh, as you might have seen on our YouTube channel Anthony got yeah. surprised by Greg Berlin who was a designer of the Amiga 3000 and 4000. Um, we've gotten to know uh, Dave Haney really well, uh, designer of the Amiga 3000 and other obviously, <laughs> uh, uh, Amigas. So um, interesting that a lot of you know the Amiga engineers were, were American guys but the American public uh, really just didn't respond to it like the Europeans did.
2: Well, I think also um, Americans, uh, I think we have a lot of uh, almost, we sort of, I think, embraced as a culture the the sort of throwaway. Something is old. It's not as useful anymore. I I want something more useful. And like I said on our, our live stream, we... You see it outside the Apple stores every time a new phone's released. You know a lot of people on that line got a new phone last year, and now there's another new phone, and they're going to get another one just because it's new. And I want the new one. And uh, I, I don't know. I think I, I don't think it's good for us or the world to to constantly be needing needing something new, not because you need it. It just seems to me like if you can do something with something that you already have, you don't necessarily need to to spend that and to, you know, there's resources that have come out of the world to create that. It it, it just seems very wasteful to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, like I I like to push the boundaries, and I'm very excited about the latest technology. And you know, can we get more frame rates out of this game? I, I'm all for that, but I also don't want to forget about something that was amazing one year ago. You know, I always I like I love history, and I love to understand where things came from. And if something has a good design like it has a good design. Period. It doesn't need it doesn't need to be the latest and greatest. Like for example, Sensible Soccer, and it's got great gameplay. It's still a great game to this day and people still play it to this day because the gameplay is outstanding. It doesn't need the latest graphics, you know. <laughs> it's uh it's a it's a brilliant game. Uh, one question because uh, I know the uh,
0: soccer so it's not not popular in USA at all, I think. But football, American football is popular. Have you got some game like, like this for Amiga, of course, like sensible soccer, but footballs, like sensible football?
1: Not really. I mean, the one that I, because I I grew up playing American football and American baseball. And the one that I really loved was TV Sports Football by Cinemaware. Um, it was the closest thing to like watching a real football game. And, you know, you could make your own team and it had um the announcer his name was Don Baden, and there's a famous announcer here named John Madden who was a famous football coach so they tried to make it as realistic as possible without actually getting the rights (laughs) so tv sports football was was like my favorite american football game on the Amiga um but you know yeah american football is is certainly much more popular here than than soccer um and these days you know people play Madden. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves Madden NFL, uh, although FIFA is popular here, too. Um, but back in the day, I would say definitely I don't know how popular TV sports football was, but that was that was my game of choice, uh, even though I did love sensible soccer. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I enjoy the game and playing sensible soccer is, is just tons of fun. It's an awesome game. It reminds me of speedball speed. It reminds me very much of speedball, which is like a futuristic, sensible soccer
0: Exactly, Speedball is very nice and at the end of all, all sensible um, software games, like uh, Cannon further or even Sensible Golf, um, they are now nice. Nice, they are nice. Great so, gameplay, so. great <laughs> gameplay. <Yeah. laughs> uh okay, so um now uh, what I can ask I can ask about hmm, maybe Poland now because you bill were in Amiga an uh, ami party in Amiga party I call it ami party in Poland. so to the guys outside from Poland so from for the whole world, you can say the few words besides of Krupnik of course.
1: Sure. Sure. Well, yeah,
0: Krupnik
2: is mine.
1: <laughs> yes. Anthony, Anthony knows the Krupnik. Um, so, um, so my wife is from Poland. She's from Lublin. Uh, she was born and raised in Lublin, Poland. Uh, and she came to New York when she was 23 years old and I've been going to Poland, uh, every year since, uh, about year 2000. And, uh, funny. Like one day I was sitting in my in-law's apartment in Lublin and I was just looking through our uh, Google Plus page and a video popped up in the feed and it was an Amiga party. I was like, oh, wow, like, this looks like a fun party. <laughs> it's Amiga and these guys look cool. And then I did a little uh, you know, research into it and I was like, oh, these are these are actually Polish guys throwing the party. I didn't know who they were, um, but they were Polish Amiga users throwing the party. Um, so I left a comment on the video and they're like, yeah, you know, we have this party every year and uh, and we're in Helm. Uh, which is a city, you know, pretty far in Eastern Europe, pretty close to the Ukraine border, um, and I and I looked on the map where it was, and I was like, oh wow, that's only an hour from Lublin, where my wife's family is from, and I was like, you know, maybe maybe there's a chance that I can come to one of these parties. Um, so they uh, they posted a video earlier this year in 2016, and I was like, man, I I really want to go to one of these parties. <laughs> so I went to my wife, and I was like, hey. When are we go visit your family this year?" And she was like, "What?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go visit your family." <laughs> and, 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 she, and she suspected nothing. Yeah <laughs> of she, she knew something was up and I was like, yeah, you know, there's these uh, Polish Amiga users and uh, they have this amazing party an hour away from Lublin and Helm. and uh, you know maybe we can plan the trip to uh, to visit your mom and your dad uh, around this party. And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. It, it sounds like a, a great time so that's exactly what we did so we went to uh we went to visit her family in uh in august uh and we had about two weeks leading up to to amy party and uh and then amy party was on a friday saturday sunday and my wife and her and her mom and her dad drove me an hour outside of the city and and dropped me off in this uh industrial park yeah (laughs) in this in this parking lot in helm and uh I just like, went in and, and met the guys. Uh, it was always my dream to go to a, a European Amiga party because we don't have any Amiga parties here in, in the United States. Uh, every Amiga event that I've ever been to has been more of a trade show. But in Europe, you guys have parties. <laughs> you guys have a great time and it's a little more informal. You hang out and everyone's showing each other like what they did with their Amigas and, and incredibly, some of the guys at this party even make their own hardware. Which was shocking. <laughs> you had Crashin, uh, who was on the Morph OS development team, and he was showing me, uh, yeah, he was showing me his his MIDI board and his um, his uh, SD uh, his SD board that you know uh, his uh, IDE to SD board, and uh, then we had uh, guys who were developing for the Commodore sixty four with the the UK fifteen forty one, and I was just blown away. Wow, these guys aren't just Amiga users, they're Amiga creators and and all that and they party. <laughs> so I had I had the time of my life. It was and they were just super welcoming and they they couldn't believe that someone from New York actually like went out to their party. I it didn't seem that strange to me, but to them they're like, "Wow, like, you know, someone from New York actually came out to our party." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, you guys have a great party. Like, why wouldn't I want to come?" And they were the nicest guys and the most welcoming guys that I, I could imagine it literally took like within minutes I felt like I've known them forever it was it was awesome
2: <laughs> seems like a great excuse to go to Poland to me I'm uh, I- I'm on board for next time
0: <laughs> of course you should and there's other parties as well I two three weeks ago I was on retro comp in Gdańsk and it was very nice as well so you have the options to choose there there are pixel heaven uh, but this is not a typical Amica party, uh, but there is a lot of them and the demo uh, scene parties, they are as well, here and in Germany and in, I think, Sweden. So, the heaven.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have what, D-Crunch. I know Gunboy was at the party. He's one of the organizers of D-Crunch. And then um, another gentleman uh, from Lublin is involved in Riverwash that looks like an amazing party
2: <laughs> i'm a little worried about the demo scene parties because i think they might uh you know I, I i don't know how they look upon someone who just uses an amiga plays games and punches around on it uh you know i i don't program uh, these, these these guys could run rings around me i'm a little <laughs> what
1: they what, it's just it's just mind-boggling you know the demo scene here in the united states is just not as popular <laughs> as it is in europe um, it's just a different mindset, I guess. To me, demo scene reminds me of like going to like a techno nightclub, and That's it's what just I mean. I, yeah. I have
2: it's... a feeling they'd realize like. He's not really one of us. <laughs>
1: he
2: just uses the machine. He doesn't program it. No, it's so funny because <laughs> when, be totally when you go there, when you go
1: there, they're the coolest guys yeah. ever. They're, they're yeah. like the most welcoming, coolest guys ever. And but like, what the demo scene guys do is is just mind boggling, because it's, it's very much like what I do for a living, cinematography. It's art and technology yeah. coming together. You have these amazing musicians, these amazing graphic artists, and these amazing programmers. Pushing the machine to do things that you could never imagine it could do—it's just like the ultimate combination of, of art and technology coming together, and it's absolutely beautiful.
2: Yeah, I know. After after Commodore went under, and you know, like you still had AmiNet, and the the internet was kind of coming up. You had faster modems. Uh, it became like sort of a regular thing to to hop on, and download a few of the latest demos from Europe over here. And just like, because you would throw it on your Amiga 1200, I, I kind of dodged that question. I realized I never answered that little part of the question was, what was my main Amiga now? And uh, and that would definitely, like much like Bill, that would be the 1200. Because of the AGA, you would see these people throwing these amazing graphics with the, with the sound and things just flying around on the screen. And you were like, like I, I've owned this machine for this many years, and I, I'm amazed that I never realized it could do that and these guys over in Europe, uh, they're just, it, it, they're like, uh, uh, symphony conductors, you know, uh, making just making the
1: machine do these amazing things. And the other thing about the demo scene that really hit me hard when I went to AMI Party is, you know, I've seen lots of demo scene, uh, demos on YouTube and they're, they're absolutely brilliant. But when you see the demo play on an actual Amiga, it's just a completely different experience. Right. It, it it really like when you yeah. see it on youtube you're a little bit separated from it because you can see lots of amazing <laughs> videos on youtube and it kind of blends in but when you sit down at a real amiga with a crt monitor and you see this amazing demo come up it just absolutely blows your mind and it really connects you and makes you appreciate exactly like what's going on
0: uh, maybe that's why the nimosin uh yeah 10 20 years ago was so popular and uh, there was always the saying the Amiga rules on this party so that's why maybe because it was breakthrough or or something like MTV for for computers yeah
1: oh yeah absolutely and I it's also the whole scene that goes with it and and the parties we don't we don't party like you guys do (laughs) (laughs) you guys have the best parties (laughs) you are always welcome yeah (laughs) I'll be there (laughs) I'm definitely coming back (laughs) Uh, okay,
0: so uh, maybe now let's jump from Poland to the mm, uh, movie uh, "Viva Amiga." So I think uh, there are there is option that you already have uh, seen this, yeah?
2: That's, yeah, uh, that's oh, yeah. an unsubstantiated
1: uh, rumor. Um, not, <laughs> so I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's funny. <laughs> We are involved in Viva Amiga, and I can uh, tell you a little bit about that background. Um, it's funny because, like, once you know, like I I sort of rediscovered the Amiga because I was a hardcore Amiga user from you know 1987 to like 1996, and then I went to film school, and I kind of I didn't forget about the Amiga, but I didn't use it as much. Yeah, you had, and other,
2: you had other things to do. I had other the... things
1: to do. I was in you know using uh, Final Cut Pro to to edit my videos on a Mac. So my Amiga was there, but it was just sort of in the background. Um, and then more you know, more recently, within the past five years, I was like, "Oh man, like I gotta, I gotta get my Amiga out again because that's a really special computer." And uh, I went on to Google. And I was wondering, like, hey, has anyone ever made a documentary about the Amiga? So I kind of, I just Googled, like, Commodore Amiga documentary. <laughs> and the, the funny part is, he's doing all of this. He could have just asked me because
2: I had actually backed the Kickstarter for Viva Amiga.
1: <laughs> yeah, Viva Amiga was a Kickstarter, which I didn't even know about. But I Googled Viva uh, Amiga uh, documentary and Viva Amiga documentary. Uh, popped up and I saw that it was a Kickstarter and the Kickstarter was long over and it looked like the the film had be had been finished um, but I, I was like you know what you, you just never know let me uh, send a message to uh, to this guy Zach Weddington who was doing the film and I was like you know I'm a cinematographer and a huge Amiga fan and if there's if you need any help with your movie man I would just absolutely love to help out and uh, he responded and he was like hey you know what like the movie's not done yet and I could definitely use some help I there's a lot of stuff I need to to get across the finish line so I was like you know sign me up <laughs> like I would absolutely love to help so um, we you know in the grand scheme of things it's it's Zach's film and he did 99.9999% of it but uh, in the 11th hour uh, Anthony and I came in and we were able to shoot some scenes uh, for the movie for him And, uh, Zach has become a really good friend of ours and he's joined our Westchester Amiga user group. He's come to my house and we've, we've we've had our own, yeah, we've,
2: we've ate, we've ate with him. Yeah. So Zach
1: has become uh, a very close friend of ours and you know, we wish him and his film, uh, all the best. And, uh, you know, Viva is uh, it's a great Amiga documentary. We we've seen it, and um, I know it is with a distribution company now. And uh, I'm not at that close to the film, so I don't know exactly when it's coming out. But I know yeah. it, it will it will be out soon. <laughs> See, <I'm laughs> a... I know it's been. I know a lot of Amiga users. have been uh, anxiously awaiting for many many years, yeah, and just two yeah. more weeks. <laughs> Yeah, and it's always like, oh, it's almost out, it's almost out. But I, you know, he's definitely run into some serious, uh, like, roadblocks, which he has now overcome. And and hopefully it'll be out soon. You know, we want to see it come out as soon as possible, you know, as much as all the other Amiga users and everyone who, who spent money on it and backed it on Kickstarter. But, um, from what Zach tells us, you know, it'll, it'll be out very soon.
2: Yeah. It's interesting because I'm, although, like I said, I'm a, I backed the Kickstarter pretty early, um, cause I saw, and I just like with the, the Commodore book, uh, company on the edge, I thought, you know, you always see IBM, you always see Apple, IBM, Apple, Microsoft, IBM, Apple and you you never see stuff from commodore and it was like wow this this guy wrote a book from commodore and so i pick up that book and oh this guy's doing a documentary on amiga uh oh i i want to back that and i kind of put those on the back burner i i kind of ignore it because i know the way kickstarter works you pay your money and hopefully the person finishes it um uh, and I know a lot of people get a little uptight, so I was kind of glad that I I'm not that kind of person, who got all uptight, and because I've actually met Zach, <laughs> I'm not one of those people who sent him e- emails like "Where's my damn video, <laughs> you?" Um, it's the work he's done. Uh, you know, it's not an easy subject because there's so little out there. You know, there's not a lot of, of things you can grab from. And there's not a lot, uh, like a lot of people don't know it, because it's not as big a story. It hasn't been put out as much. I mean, you watch. Uh, that's, why, I mean, that's why I absolutely love Vault and Catch Fire. That you, you know, you, you uh, whoever I know, someone who's who's working on that show has got to love Commodore and the Amiga because you see Commodore 64's and you see Amiga one thousands. It's it's like, oh, cool. Someone gets it, uh, and Zach gets it. Uh, uh, the guy definitely gets it. Uh, what he's putting together is just beautiful, and uh, I can't wait till it's in everyone's hands and, and all the fans get to see it. Uh, you know.
1: It, yeah, I know it played at it played at Amiga Thirty in in California. Uh, I saw, I believe it played at Amiga Thirty in Amsterdam. Yeah, there was uh, some fragment here. Yeah, and uh, I know Dave Needle saw it uh, unfortunately right before he passed away. But it was it was. Uh, I know Zach was very moved by that. That Dave's. Dave's response was uh, really stellar, and, um, so it's it's very nice to have uh, a great Amiga documentary uh, as well as you know we also love Bedroom Civilians that that movie is absolutely yeah. amazing. <laughs> and, we I absolutely love that movie. I've watched it like ten times. <laughs> and
2: I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait till uh, you know I bought the first book by Brian Bagnell and. Uh, now that he's broken it up into two volumes, the first volume's out already and it seemed like the, the second volume that would actually be about Amiga uh, kind of almost vanished and then it, it reappeared as a kickstarter because I, I actually pre-ordered it um, you know, when it was supposed to originally come out uh, I'm glad to see that that's moving because I think in a book you could delve a lot deeper than you can, in a you know documentary you have to figure out what You you have a certain amount of time. You have a certain amount of material. You have to figure out what you're going to put in. With a book, I think you're a lot freer to to put a lot more information. And there's there's also the uh, and I've drawn a blank on the name, but there's that book uh, from the same people, uh, the same publisher who did Racing the Beam on the Atari VCS. It's uh, oh gosh. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's a book that delves more into how the machine functions. I mean, if you ever want to, you know, someone who's not that familiar with the Amiga, I wish I could remember the name of it, uh, but there's a great book. Service Manual. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, If it dawns on me at some point, uh, uh, I... I've had, I've had a little too much of the Krupnik. Uh, it's, it's not dawning on me, but it was a, it was a very inventive name. Um, it's, I think MIT Press did uh, Racing the Beam about the VCS, and there was a book about the Amiga. Which delves deeper into like how the hardware works, how why the graphics work the way they do, which is a a really great book. I I picked that up, and it's it's just really interesting. It's good to see all this resurgence in Amiga. I mean, we got you know we got what we do, what you do, um, this book, the documentary, the bedrooms to billions. You got you know guys doing an Amiga podcast out of
1: uh, West Virginia. In the U.S., it's retro it's hour. No, amigos, amigos. Yeah. amigos. Yes, amigos.
2: Amigos. Uh, it's just amazing to see. It's like a. It's like a, you know something that's kind of went down underground for a little while, and you know, now we realize that the Earth hasn't been completely wiped away, and we can come out of the, <laughs> the bunker back <laughs> into the light of the sun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so wh- when we're talking uh, about the um, sun, uh, this means uh, future, uh, what do you think about the possible future for uh, the Amiga? Because now we have the, of course, the NG Amigas, um, the official one, not official one NG, uh, and uh, new, new uh, something like, like this, new technology. FPGA so the vampire is is very now hot stuff Uh, so and now even uh, yesterday I think Hyperion uh, uh, released the updated uh, Amiga OS 3.1 so um, so what do you think about the future and how it will be could look like or what you would like to see in the future
1: Man you know it's that's a tough one you know it's almost like there's two different halves in a way like when you talk about Vampire 2 and the Amiga 600 that that's something that enhances the classic Amigas right and then you have like Hyperion and you have Amiga OS 4.1 that looks towards the future. Um, I just like everything Amiga, and the thing I like about Amiga is that it's different. <laughs> I'm I'm an artsy guy. I, I like to think different. Like even though Apple coined that term, they don't they don't actually promote thinking differently. But I like to be you know we're all a little weird. We're all off you know off the beaten path just a little bit. So um, you know you don't have to be like Mac or PC. I love the idea of being able to um, have an alternative to Mac and PC. And do something a little more unique and uh, something that's a little more personal. So that's uh, what excites me about like new generation Amiga, uh, as far as like OS four point one or Morph OS or AROS goes. Um, and then like, like I said, I'm I'm really like a more of a hardcore classic Amiga guy. So things like the Vampire are super exciting, where you can just take an Amiga six hundred, which definitely like was not one of the best Amigas, but turned it into an absolute beast. <laughs> Again, something as, as fast as an um, 060. It's, it's just super exciting to see people invent new hardware for this old system. It's, it's absolutely incredible, like it's everything from like Vampire to like, don't forget like Indivision AGA, that's a, that's a brilliant piece of hardware that can uh, make the output of your, your Amiga just look absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm, just, I'm just blown away by people's dedication to Amiga and the amount of like, time and effort they put into such things as developing new hardware or new software. It's, uh, it's really something special.
2: Bob, uh, okay. Okay. I think, uh, I, I guess I, I have a tough time. Like, I, like, I like that someone's trying to do something new and modern with Amiga. But like I said, for a while there, there was a lot of hope and we always hoped that Escom, that Gateway would do something, and that was at a time when something could still, like Amiga could still be as great, and kind of at this point, it's like, it would be like a third phone, Android or iPhone, no one's really gonna buy a third phone, no one's, I don't think, going to go into a computer store and see this Amiga thing and go, ah, you know what, instead of a Windows or a, or a Mac, I think I'll, I'll pick that up. Uh, so that's kind of on the one hand, I have that thought. On the other hand, I have the thought like the stuff for the classic machines, because these classic machines, like uh, I think Dave Haney has said, is what, what's dead can never die. So... It's I think it's almost good that that the classic Amiga is dead cuz it can't die now. People you know they they know that if you're into it, you're going to be into it till till you're gone. So they can put out a vampire and you're going to be excited by it. It's not going to excite some new person who's never seen Amiga, but it is going to excite someone who's like I have an Amiga. I'd love to get an accelerator. I look at what's on eBay for an old card that's almost 30 years old. It's $300. It's insane. I'm not going to spend that kind of money. But you have this brand new card that you know is going to work. It's modern hardware. It's modern components. You're going to get some life out of it. You can spend $300 for an accelerator for a classic Amiga. And a month later, the capacitors go on it. If you don't have the the knowledge, the electric, electronics knowledge that thing is dead you you spent three hundred dollars on uh on sand uh but if you buy a vampire that that could last 30 years uh it's like well i i could spend i can i can justify spending that money because for 30 years i'll have something that i can use and have a lot of fun with um i i kind of dismayed me in this community that people who try to do things a lot of times get a lot of negativity. I know when, uh, because the vampire was so popular, they had to raise the price because the guy, like, I can't do this in my house. Like Too many people are buying it. I need to go and get someone to manufacture this for me. And that manufacturing means having to pay a company so they have prices i have to raise the price and all of a sudden everyone is getting angry with him It 200 or whatever the price was raised to is still less than what you would pay for 30 year old 20 year old piece of hardware that doesn't do as much like look at what you're getting you're getting a modern thing like i don't understand why everything everyone tries to do generates this this like heated uh and i think it unfortunately drives a lot of people who could do such amazing things out uh it's unfortunate i'd I'd love to to see people kind of take a step back take a few deep breaths and and really look at it and go you know i understand it, it you know the, the money you can probably buy something for a, a Mac that's a lot faster and more useful, but you know, this is for an Amiga, and that just makes it more awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you have a, a small, much smaller market share, yeah, you have a smaller <laughs> like you're gonna pay you're more. Gonna like, what can you do? You're gonna,
2: you're gonna pay more, so you have to buy it because it's awesome, not because uh, of how it compares to something else.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, good point of view. I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope so.
0: <laughs> yeah, in the the uh, the vampire is um, is quite uh, whatever they change it now. It's still quite um, cheap, so compared to the rest. Uh, oh, and, yeah, like a what, what
1: does a Blizzard PPC cost? I oh, mean, that, that's going to cost you more than a vampire.
2: Yeah, no, it'll it, it, it's, Yeah, it's basically not something you can obtain. I mean, if probably for six hundred you couldn't get it. So if a vampire's going up to to two fifty, uh, that, that's still a bargain. If if it's what you're looking for, I understand you wish you could get it at the lower price, but you know it's still awesome. Uh, I'm uh. You know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on it. I love, uh, you know, I'd love for them to come out with a 1200 version because I, I, just think that machine is, is so versatile. But then, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, I teeter because I go, uh, oh, you know, the 600 is such a nice small machine. It's so it, it creates a lot of, of uh, creates a lot of back and forth in my own head. So I haven't, I haven't jumped on it yet. But I, I just think it's a it's awesome that Yeah. people are doing that, that people are still, you know, coming up with things. You don't see, I don't see as much, you know, Atari ST was a contemporary of the Amiga and I just don't see as much going on there as I see with the Amiga. Uh, uh, like 68,000 uh, base max, you don't see new accelerators coming out for them. You, you see it for Amiga
1: yeah to I mean the price isn't even that important it's more about like the fact that people are actually doing it it's incredible <laughs> and i give them so much credit for putting their time and efforts into it it's really quite special
0: okay this is very good for for them <laughs> um, okay so now maybe um, the question like this the favorite um, amiga program and uh, amiga game now or before or in future, no, of course. But
1: <laughs> Oh man, I have so many, uh, all my favorite Amiga programs center on, you know, graphics and video. So uh, I like Deluxe Paint. I'll say Deluxe Paint 3 because that was the first one that did animation. But uh, nowadays I use the uh, D-Paint 5 uh, AGA. Um, I-, I still love that program to this day. I love Art Department Professional. Uh, I've been doing an experiment lately where I take uh, a photograph with my modern DSLR camera and convert it to Amiga ham mode. And thanks to uh, you know AdPro, I'm able to do it. So I absolutely love AdPro and I love I love D-Paint. I would say those are my, my favorite two uh, Amiga pieces of uh, productivity software. Uh, favorite game, you know, I can boot up Lemmings anytime and have a great time uh lemmings walker and shadow of the beast are the three that just like hit me right off the bat
2: okay thanks and antonio uh i i'd have to say i mean i had a lot of fun even though i never professionally did anything with it i had a lot of fun playing with turbo silver uh which is a 3d ray chasing program basically at the at the time when i got into amiga uh the big program was uh Oh gosh, I, I'm drawing a blank again, but uh, there was this program that did 3D ray tracing. It was very expensive, um, and then you had this this kind of little upstart company come out with this thing. First, it was called Silver. That was called when I when I got my machine. It was called Turbo Silver. It's one of the first programs I bought uh, when I bought my Amiga. Uh, And I just, I had a lot of fun with that over the years. I I basically upgraded every version, Turbo Silver, then became Imagine. Um, And that was like, it was like a a trifecta of programs that I bought really early on were the Turbo Silver, the uh, Distant Suns for Astronomy, and uh, Vistapro, which is three programs that I loved fiddling with back in the day. Uh, And... And later on, when AdPro came out, that that became like absolutely crucial, uh, you know, for converting and displaying pictures. I had a Memetics frame buffer would allow me I could I could take a pic, create a picture in Vista Pro in full NTSC with a uh, million colors, and output it to my Memetics frame buffer using uh, using AdPro. And, and see it, so first I'd see it on the Amiga screen in Amiga color modes and then output it through the frame buffer and, and see it in full color. It was, I, you know, I thought that was like just the bomb. And the other beauty of it was that uh, the memetics frame buffer card was so noisy that when while I was displaying it on the TV down in, in the in the living room, you'd see a ghost of whatever <laughs> uh, landscape I was displaying, like kind of moving across the screen on the on the family's uh, television in the living room. That was always always <laughs> amused me. Uh, for games, I know the games that I've spent the most time on on the Amiga. Uh, one of them was Settlers, and I could easily be playing that and end up looking up from the game, and it being like two, three o'clock in the morning, and not not realizing that the time has gone uh, that quickly. Populous 2 uh, is another one, and uh, Walker. Those are the three games I think that factor high up for me.
0: Okay, very nice.
2: Oh, um, and I also, I also liked. Uh, oh shoot, there was a ham, a ham mode game really early on. Uh, oh gosh, <laughs> my poor memory. And and if I fu- if I had the disc in front of me,
0: uh, <sighs> I don't know which was. But I heard about one game, something about using this special Amiga possible possible possibilities
2: a uh, Sculpt 3d was the was the three we just got we received text information from an amiga friend uh, it was Sculpt 3d was the expensive ray tracing program that I couldn't afford so I got turbo silver 7 and the ham mode program which I do have the disc in front of me was a uh, pioneer plague if you, if you can look that one up that's a uh, I, I always had a lot of fun playing that game okay and that was a that was a fairly early game using ham mode. this was the I don't know this is the adventure or what was it, what no was no it? it's a it's a shoot-'em-up uh, basically the idea is this mechanical race is kind of taking over your planets your people are all trying to get on this arc to leave to go somewhere else and you have to basically fend off uh so you you're basically flying around and the mechan the mechanical things are building these rockets to shoot down the ark ship that's going to be leaving so you have to destroy these rockets and then the ark can leave to to take your civilization somewhere else uh so it's it's a lot of uh it's kind of a, an advancing game because it gets you know it gets more and more difficult they throw more things at you to try to uh, you know these little fighter ships that, that attack you and try to keep you from uh, killing the, the rockets that are being built. Okay, So a okay, lot. Of maybe fun. I will try somehow, but <laughs> I don't have time
0: <laughs> at the interval for this. But uh, I have other interesting questions, I think, because um, of course Amiga in US uh, as well was very popular in, in video production yeah uh, and uh, and uh, you are making the youtube channel so my question is it is now possible to make some of course not hd video uh, but some videos or the stuff for youtube on only on on the amiga for example 2000 with the um, uh, toaster uh, card or, or I don't know the other special uh, hardware.
1: Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, it's funny because a lot of people, you know, when they remember back, they think of like, oh, you know, video and video toaster. But the video toaster was a video switcher, uh, not a video editor. Uh, The video flyer was something that could actually edit video and you know and you could potentially use that to post something on YouTube But the cool thing would be to do like a video toaster episode like a live stream, right? (laughs) That would be awesome (laughs)
2: The toaster and the flyer kind of went together where the flyer was nonlinear editing So you had you basically ingested your video and then you could edit the different clips together. I think the toaster Was kind of yeah, it was the switcher when you when you actually did your
1: wipes from one one switch yeah, to another, you had live camera set up and right. you could wipe from one to the other. Um, actually, it's funny because the, with the toaster, like the toaster was always the dream. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah. I wanted a toaster so bad back in the day, but I couldn't afford it. I mean, I, I was just a, a kid. So, well, so t- let me let me rephrase that. My dad couldn't <laughs> afford it for well, me. So, toaster <laughs> had
2: everything. It had like if you wanted a Genlock, lock, even just to do. Titling for videos. I mean, it had that. It, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I I was drawn in by by Turbo Silver and Sculpt 3D. Uh, Toaster came with Lightwave, and for the longest time, you couldn't run Lightwave without you had to have a toaster. You basically bought the toaster. Some people they bought the toaster just to just to get Lightwave. So um, I was always like in awe because I think Lightwave, even at the time from Imagine to LightWave. LightWave was like a huge jump in the user interface and how much easier it, it made to create 3D graphics where you could just easily move things around with the mouse. The old programs were, you know, a lot of you were viewing not in 3D. So you're doing your 3D creation in 2D. You could see the, the, the shot from the front, side, top, but you didn't really have you could you could see a 3d view of the wireframe but you couldn't do anything in it so if you were move something you had to move it around in one of the three views and look at how it was affected in the 3d view light wave like you could move it in the 3d view directly it was like this huge jump you were like whoa but then you you know and i understand from the tv production standpoint it was extremely cheap from the I'm in college standpoint, it was extremely expensive.
1: But yeah, but to answer your question, I mean, absolutely, you absolutely yeah. 100% could do a video oh, all yeah. with Amiga, and that's something that we need to do. The and it is the- like,
2: I have a toaster. I actually have the toaster that the, the Knicks, which is a basketball team, they used to practice at my college, and they used a toaster to, when they were filming their practices, and the only reason I know is because a, a friend of mine who worked at the college after I graduated found a, a toaster 4000 sitting in the garbage. And he grabbed it and he called me up. He said, oh, you're still into Amiga. Do you want this? It's a full, it's an Amiga 4000 video toaster. So I, I was like, oh, heck, yeah, of course. Um, and when I got it home, it's, it's power supply fan had seized. So they threw it out. Um, I got it up and working, and he even got the drives running. And I saw these frame stores of Nick's uh, practice. You know, they were on on the basketball court. That's the only reason I know what it was used for. So I have a I have a Toaster 4000. I also have an Amiga teleprompter, Smooth Talker. I mean, we could we could conceivably do an entire show using Amigas as the as the production. I also have a you know for, for editing. I have a Casablanca. Uh, which was from Draco was based on Amiga, uh, based on the Amiga operating system. Anyway, it has none of the custom chips, so I mean we could conceivably shoot a whole video and edit.
1: The the interesting thing too is you know like back then um, I couldn't afford a toaster, but I had other things. I had also alter- like toaster alternatives. So I had um, I had a Rock Gen, which was a Genlock. That allowed me to put Amiga graphics over, you know, NTSC composite video. And I had a chroma key, which allowed me to uh, put up a blue screen and key out the background. Oh, that's right. I so, thought
2: the toaster had that built. Yeah,
1: through. so like, even though I didn't have a toaster, I had these other, like, third-party devices that allowed me to do things that were, like, almost as good yeah, as the toaster. <laughs> well,
2: you you think about it, the memetic Frame Buffer, I mean, toaster is a board just ha- – it has two frame buffers on it. So a mimetics Frame Buffer, which is just one – Frame buffer it can hold one NTSC frame is is like a is like a little part of a toaster.
1: But I, but I like your idea. I think we should definitely do a stream uh, using Amiga only. It's very it's, it's actually very very possible and actually not that difficult. Basically, Anthony's got the toaster. I've got the cameras, and all we need to do is just take the composite video out and put it into my Mac and stream it.
0: Very nice because uh, this is interesting, and um, I I like when somebody is trying to use the uh, the classic Amiga and as well of course NG to something like everyday use. Yeah, not only playing the old games and uh, 100 times again Frog here, but when when you can do something um, new. Some you understand what I mean? Yeah, On I mean that's the, exactly yeah. This that's is, exactly this what is, I was trying to do with is,
1: the uh, sorry the the hand mode conversions, taking a modern photo and using Deluxe Paint and Ad Pro to, to manipulate a modern photo, just using the old hardware uh, to to create like a new piece of art.
0: Exactly. So the, for example, I personally love USB. So I have this in my two thousand and six hundred here, and this is. Then I can use, I feel I can use this Amiga more up-to-date, I can put the stuff on pendrive and then, so, n- nice to update this to, to the limits, yeah, and to do something on this.
1: Yeah, that's how I use my 1200 with the uh, PC MCIA, I have a Compact Flash, the PC MCIA card, and I just pop that into the 1200 and I can transfer files from my PC or my Mac onto the Compact Flash card. Boom! Just pop it into the compact flash to PC MCIA card, and I'm good to go. I can transfer the files right over to the 1200.
2: I think at one point it's kind of important to uh, to make it that you can use more modern equipment with the old Amiga, because uh, things like keyboards die, things like monitors. I mean, the monitors go. Uh, you know, so I I I always I look for. How can I still use my Amiga when, like, my all my Amiga mice don't work anymore? So it's cool that you got these little, and, and they're very inexpensive. You got these little devices you plug into the the mouse port, and it has a USB or a PS2 connector on the outside, and you plug in a standard, you know, current mouse into that, and the Amiga can use it just like a native mouse. Uh, I've seen, uh, and I have. I've picked up some adapters for keyboards. I've, I've picked up. You know, there's. Of course, you can use gen locks to get S video out. I know. Uh, I, I've heard of some things, uh, and we've actually featured some things that you can use to get your Amiga connected to a more modern TV. If your your 1084 monitors go, and and you can't get them fixed, just because you know it gets to the point where if the machine works but you can't get anything into it and you can't get anything out of it uh you know how are you going to use it is is a real worry so it, you know it's great when you can figure out like how to get and how to and how to make the machine useful and how to how to do cool things with it you know I think that was one of the main reasons why, I, like, I picked up the Amiga teleprompter software and hardware was. I'd love to use this at some point, uh, you know, to, as as part of of, uh, of a little production, just to, to do it like like it was done back uh, back when these machines were used in TV studios. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, with this, uh, uh, so I think in collection you have everything i heard the, the, this then that even draco that i think there was there was not so popular in usa uh, i think there was more popular in europe i, I suppose so you have everything yeah every model well, see
2: draco i don't think anyone knew what it was i think that was sold to tv channels and video production houses that wasn't really sold to people in houses so I don't think most people knew unless you were an Amiga person and you knew Draco uh, and to lesser extent I think the original Draco the big cube was actually more interesting because that was actually closer to Amiga you know it was uh, it actually from what I understand on that model you could actually boot workbench Uh, the Casablanca is a very locked system it's like a, a turnkey uh, it's almost like a set-top box for doing, uh, not you know, video editing, and that's pretty much all it does. I think most most businesses that purchased this thing when it became less useful, when new equipment came out that was better, uh, it would probably have just been thrown out. Huh. Yeah, this is this is. This is uh... <sighs> Same thing, and the same thing probably with a lot of video toasters, you know, if a, if a video production house bought, bought a video toaster, you know, for a while NewTek was selling Amigas, where the the whole Commodore Amiga was covered up, it was just called a video toaster. I think if a video production house bought a video toaster, there's a high chance that that just got thrown out when they went on to other equipment. Yeah, they don't care because they don't know what is it, this is, uh, yeah it's not it's not useful to them anymore of course so this is the,
0: the sad story of this but to make it maybe more happy uh, i didn't ask you about the plans for the future uh, of the youtube channel and uh, i don't know general parties uh, maybe because in u.s um, usa there is no uh, like you said there is no parties amiga parties or, or something so you
2: can do your own well uh, the good news is I, I know i've heard the amigos podcast guys who are down in west virginia lamenting that there's nothing You know, uh, you know, again, uh, being in the Amiga scene, you hear about these things going on in different places that there's nothing nearby. Uh, Who knows? You know, maybe maybe at some point we get together with them and and we throw a we throw a hoedown, as as it might be called.
1: (laughs) Well, the cool thing is, you know, with with the with the YouTube channel, we've been having our own little Amiga parties. For you know, since we've had our Amigas, like we've been doing these things called SIGs, special interest groups, uh, and there's uh, a game SIG where it's like a special branch of our user group where people get together who just like to play games. So um, I have them at my parents' house. We did a, like a, a live webcam stream of one uh, two weeks ago and uh, you know it's just a bunch of friends get together and play old retro games and now uh, with the YouTube channel we're reaching uh, a bigger audience and we're meeting new people and some of those people happen to be uh, in New York you know we live in New York City there's lots of people here and lots of Amiga users and people are starting to notice the YouTube channel and they're becoming our friends and they're welcome to come to the party so like who knows uh, what these parties could, could grow into we're getting you know we have we have a couple new members of our Amiga user group, thanks to the, the YouTube channel. So, you know, if you if you watch our channel and you're anywhere near New York City, you know, we meet on the first Thursday of every month at 7.30 p.m. And, you know, please hit us up on, on Facebook or, or Twitter, um, you know, and, and let us know that you're interested. And we would absolutely would love to have you come and, uh, and, and hang out and talk Amiga with us. Um, yeah. As far as like the future of our YouTube channel, we're just going to, Keep doing like what we've been doing, you know. Like we're not gonna make videos just to make videos that we think might be popular. Like we're just gonna document like what we do with our Amigas because we have to do stuff that we want to do and we have to do stuff that is fun for us. And as long as we keep it fun, uh, we'll just keep, you know, doing uh, new things on the channel. So. Um, you know, like I want to do a video about those hand-mode conversions where I take modern photos and convert them to hand mode and I want to do a whole thing on Digiview because Digiview is uh a piece of hardware and software that I used to use a lot back then and it's like near and dear to my heart and I want to show people how that software and that technology works and and how I can use it now with like modern sensibilities like you don't have to just scan uh, a piece of clip art out of a magazine, you can actually like shoot a really cool photograph with it. So I think it's awesome that I have the, like, this vacuum tube black and white video camera and this Commodore Amiga computer that can scan the image from it, it just opens up a whole world of creative opportunities. So I want to make videos about that and there's just so much stuff that I want to do with my Amiga from like a graphics and video standpoint that I want to document and put on our YouTube channel. So those are like more of the classic videos, and you know we're just gonna do a lot more live streams. The live streams have like been really successful and uh, and really fun (laughs) because it doesn't take that much effort because you don't have to edit anything. You just you know you can either just simply play a game and talk about it, or like today Anthony showed off his Amiga 1000 collection and talked about it, and it just brings a lot of people in the Amiga community together in one place in real time. So, uh, that's, that's really exciting. So I think it's going to be a combination of, you know, just creative things that we want to do with our Amiga as a traditional YouTube video. Plus, uh, these live streams.
2: Yeah. I, I love the interactivity in the live streams. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. So I think we'll be doing more of those. Uh, and just, you know, again, it's like these, these machines are here. They, they exist. Uh, we don't need to worry about what's the new thing because there's plenty of the old things that we that we used and loved so it's like why not just keep i mean we could keep doing that and, and be more than happy and if there's a, a new thing that comes out that we eventually one of us ends up getting we'll, we'll show that too it's it's you know it's just two 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 sometimes three friends getting together and if you know Hopefully people enjoy watching uh, us do whatever it is we do.
0: This sounds good, I must say, because I'm very curious about um, uh, this modern use of Amiga, and this would be nice to, to see something like this, because then I can copy this.
1: <laughs> uh, first of all, I gotta tell you, it's the most exciting thing for me too, because you can still use the Amiga as an artistic tool. You know, there's especially now that, you know, when we were, when I was younger, my arts, you know, I wasn't as developed as an artist as I am now. And I I just want to apply, like, you know, everything I've learned and, you know, and modern techniques that we use in in film and photography and uh, see what the Amiga can do, like, using these techniques. And it's something that's, it's the most exciting part for me. It's just to take this old machine that I absolutely love and has limitations and, you know, and see what I can get out of it.
0: Mm, And do you think, In future there, uh, or maybe there is, this trend uh, that you can exactly mix the up-to-date, I don't know, photos and the old uh, computer to uh, post-production of this, so in artistic way, with, I don't know, galleries, you can publish this, so... Because I think it's not so popular to use the old software or computer to to modern uh, no, work. Well, no, I know it, exactly it,
1: what you mean. I mean, like for example, like Instagram, uh, I don't know how popular it is in Europe, but here in the United States, it's uh, it was bought by Facebook and it's one of the most popular like social media apps out there. And all it's doing, yeah, all it's doing is like emulating a classic Polaroid photograph, um, but like, why emulate the classic polaroid photograph? Why, you know, when you can actually have the actual hardware that can create the photograph and make it look like that. So to me, that's that's super exciting. I think there's a, you know, a, a huge opportunity there.
2: So I think I think if you look at it, I mean, how long hasn't the paintbrush changed? Uh, you know, photo, photography has not changed the fact that people still paint paintings with oil on a canvas. Uh, like, I, I think... It, it's you have this paintbrush called the Amiga that can do things a certain way and things have a certain look, just like painting with a brush on a canvas has a certain look. I, I don't think there's nothing less charming and interesting about it just because Photoshop on a Core i7 computer can, you know, with 24-bit graphics can do it a lot better. It, you know, it's, it's different it's it's the same but different so you know i think you know why not you know wh- why not it's it's a tool
1: it's, yeah
2: it's all it is is a, it's a tool and the tool can still do everything that it did when you bought the tool new in fact it, it can do more than it did when you bought it new because chances are if you did buy a 1000 in, in 1986 87 you know, the software was pretty primitive as we looked at today. We saw I loaded up a few of the primitive original graphics programs, and you look at the later graphics programs and how much more powerful they were. But that look, because the hardware didn't change that much, the look of the output didn't change. It was your your ability to manipulate it and get your uh, sort of idea into it became easier because the interface became easier, the the tools you had in the program for drawing lines and circles became better. But the, the abilities of the machine didn't change that much. Uh, there was only one change was, was really AGA. So if you're using OCS or AGA, it's it's still the same. Uh, that output, the, what it can do is still the same. It's it's what you put into it. It's your creativity that you that you throw at it.
0: Okay, this is this is yeah, this is true because uh, um I think the um, people, are, people are not thinking in that way that the uh, even old computer is still tool to to do some stuff and right. and right. this is a good so. point of view.
2: Yeah, the only people who think that way, you have people who still use the Commodore 64 and the SID chip because of that sound it makes. They still, you know, those are the creative people. It's, it's, that it's not, you know, there's this thought of they want, there's people who want the computer to be fast and produce things that look realistic. And there's people who see what the, what each computer does as something of beauty in and of itself. It's like that is the completion, that is the finished product. The finished product is not what the next computer can do. The finished product of the Amiga is what the Amiga can do.
0: Okay. Um, I think we should start to finish because uh, it's already one and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, there is. We can, um, we, can, we can do this all day. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next time but we we'll start earlier. <laughs> yeah, next time I, I, it will be nice to make something maybe together in YouTube or somehow. Sure. Or why, why not? Yeah. Uh, through the Europe and the states and I don't know somehow. But uh, maybe the last uh, question. Uh, this is uh, not my question. Uh, this is the question from your friend and the question is uh, about uh, the additional remakes of the old um, legendary software like for example uh, shadow of the beast and and the i think the few months ago the the, the new shadow of the beast uh, come to playstation and what do you think about the, uh, this remakes like in the in general because the i think in the we we get the, a lot of movies that they are re- remakes as well Yeah, you
1: know? i i love the remakes of the old games i think it's super, it's amazing and the funny thing is um a lot of times the remake is is when I look at the remake, I'm like, "This is the game." Like, they didn't do anything new, and then I'm like, "Oh no, this is just how I remember the game." Because <laughs> the graphics were a little more primitive uh, than than I remember. Because I used my imagination to fill in the gaps, and uh, the remake fills in those gaps with the modern technology. So, for example, um, Another World with uh, 20th, 25th anniversary or 20th anniversary, um, it's uh, it's a remake of Another World, which is a classic Amiga game that I absolutely love. A classic platformer. And um, the remake kept the original game like almost identical. It just enhanced the sound and the graphics, and uh, made it like a really nice experience to play on a tablet or on a PC. Uh, so I am like 100% in favor of of the remakes of the classic games. Uh, Shadow of the Beast is uh, a new game uh, that captures the flavor and the essence of the original Shadow of the Beast. Uh, extremely well. I absolutely love playing the new Shadow of the Beast. Um, it's interesting because, like, if you're, it definitely like it. That game was clearly made for someone like us who who played the original Shadow of the Beast because it draws so much on like the original lore and the original the original characters. Whereas if you're a young person today playing the new Shadow of the Beast for the first time, you might not appreciate it you certainly won't appreciate it as much as uh guys like us do who grew up with the original shadow of the beast and understand like what a legendary game it was and how it was the first game to use parallax scrolling and the the sound that the music and the graphics were just stunning at the time um but i i love what they did with the new shadow of the beast i had an absolute blast playing it um it's definitely like an indie indie game uh you can tell the guys put their hearts and souls into it um it's a short it's a shorter game but that's fine because uh what there is of the game it's just super fun and uh it's a great way to to keep the games alive you know remaking movies to me is like a whole a whole nother thing (laughs) that i it's so funny because i i'm not as crazy about movie remakes as i am about game remakes um i think some movies should just stay classics because they're a classic piece of art themselves whereas some of the modern games you know like when they were designing the games uh, back back in the day they, they they really wanted to do more they were just couldn't because they were limited by the technology and now that the technology exists they can go back and make the game the way they originally intended to uh so that that could be part of it um but you know i'm open to all all remakes whether it's a game or a movie uh i tend to prefer the the remakes of modern games, uh, over the remakes of modern movies. I know one of my all time favorites, Blade Runner is coming out with a remake and that's, uh, it's a hard pill for me to swallow because Blade Runner is a perfect movie and it doesn't need to be remade, but, I'm, um, you know, <laughs> they do have my favorite cinematographer, Roger Deakins shooting it. And I know Ridley Scott is behind it and Harrison Ford is in full support of Ryan Gosling as a star, as an actor I like very much. So hopefully, hopefully it comes out all right, but you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, want to go out and remake Blade Runner. I think Hollywood is just um, out of ideas, <laughs> in some ways, and they're just trying to like rehash things that they know that they know worked. Um, but I, I'm all for the the modern games. I love the new Shadow of the Beast. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, I definitely think there's some lack of creativity in some of the remaking, uh, certainly on the movie side more than on the game side. Uh, Ghostbusters remake. Let me just put that out there drop the mic done that that pretty much ends the discussion on movie remakes horrendous absolutely horrendous uh not nearly as funny as the original and you sit there and wonder like why like, why uh and money. money exactly it's money i don't have the creativity to come up with something new come up with a new idea let me grab this old idea put it in a new wrapper and we'll make We'll make a mint because people who loved the old one, it was very popular. So if we get a percentage of them, and I'm sure there's an accountant sitting there going, okay, this is the number, this is the popularity of that one. So that's our number. If we get X percent of those people, we'll already, this is what we'll pull in. If it costs us this, we've already made this. Okay, bing. I'm sure it's a completely economic decision, not an artistic decision. And I think it's a little different with games. Uh, I think the remakes of games that we've seen, you know, a lot of times, a lot of thought is put into, like, how am I adding to this? You know, what am I adding to, you know, because it's not something that just happens in front of a camera. You You have to build all of this. So even if you just take a game, you take the graphics, you go okay we have much better hardware now this was done based on these limitations we can do so much more let's let's put the more in and see what comes out you, you just it, i think it's a totally different animal uh, and i have a lot more respect uh and, and i'm sure the work put into those is a lot a lot more uh you know i just i love kind of seeing some like i loved seeing the new
1: shadow of the beast the new gauntlet game uh, Wings Remastered. Wings classic Remastered. Classics in a War game. Yeah. Uh,
2: Rise of the Triad. Uh, that when they came out with like Alien Breed, one of the limitations of the Amiga is that joystick, which inherently you use it in both hands. So Alien Breed, the original, and the Amiga, which is a great game. Uh, you kind of shoot the direction you're facing, and when they came out with it, like on, uh, you could play it on the iPad. First of all, you immediately had this greater ability because you could stand in a bus stop playing alien breed that in itself is pretty awesome but then because the controls on an ipad you could have where you could move one direction fire in another because you you basically with the virtual controls you know so they didn't just take alien breed throw it on the ipad and it's all done they reworked it so now with this new control scheme, uh, it, it just it took the game and made it almost a whole different game, because now it it's, it's a, it was almost a lot more enjoyable, that and a lot more playable, because of the fact even just adding that little tiny bit that you could move in one direction fire in another, I think just opened the whole game up. It's so, you know, like I said, I, I'm kind of a little bit mixed on remakes, but on a whole. As far as uh, great Amiga games, we've seen great remakes.
0: Good. Thanks. So I have one more question from Conrad. Sorry. But short. No apologies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because...
2: we'll, we'll lengthen it
0: for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Bill is um, asking about the live stream from the. I don't know this Polish uh, Group plastic. The so the game for the for the console, like uh, I don't know. My God, Linger in Shadow that Sure, that PS3. Uh, yeah. So uh, he asking me where uh, will
1: be this streaming. <laughs> okay. So yeah, Conrad is very excited for me to to stream uh, some games. From the Polish uh, Amiga demo scene group Plastic. Oh. And um, the reason why I haven't streamed Linger in Shadows yet is because it's a tech, a completely a technical reason. Uh, Linger in Shadows is a PS3 game. And uh, when you output video from the PS3 over the HDMI port, it has something called HDCP, which is the copy protection. And you can't turn that off on the PS3. You can turn it off on uh, Xbox One. You can turn it off on PS4. Um, You can't turn it off on PS3. And that makes it very difficult to stream. (laughs) I'm not going to go into all the details, but because of the copy protection, streaming from the PS3 is extremely uncommon and, and difficult. Uh, so that's why I haven't streamed Linger in Shadows yet. However, I think, I think I've think i cracked the code on it, and I'll be able to stream it. But um, the same group, the demo scene group from Poland, Plastic, uh, they have a brand new game out, and they are friends with some of the guys at AmiParty. Uh, the game is called Bound.
2: I haven't heard of either it, of these it, Bound
1: looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, it is. It, it looks ca- kind of like uh, another great PS4 game called Journey. In uh, Bound, you're like a, a dancer, and you dance through all these... Uh, incredible environments. I don't know how else to describe it. I've bought Bound and I was actually gonna do a stream on it like maybe even a month ago when I first bought it. But Bound is also uh, designed for PlayStation VR and PlayStation VR is something I'm gonna get and it's coming out very soon so I said you know what I'm gonna wait I'm not gonna play bounds. Uh, I wanna first. I wanna play it live on stream, so all my reactions are, are are immediate. And I also wanna play it using PlayStation VR. I don't wanna just look at the screen. I wanna experience it through uh, the PlayStation VR, which I think is the way the plastic guys uh, intended it. So as soon as I get my PlayStation VR, I'll be streaming some bound. <laughs>
0: Okay, good. I, so.
1: my my latest PlayStation is a
2: PlayStation One. So. <laughs> <laughs> First, and delays, late. late.
0: Um, but um, and uh, in the US, um, the Nintendo is very popular. So you you are not using it? All, I don't or?
2: think. I don't think Nintendo not so much anymore. Really, uh, uh, what's popular is Xbox One and PlayStation Four. I just. Uh, I kind of like to be on the, on the latter end of the wave. So, uh, I picked up a PlayStation one well after, I think the two was out. So you, you know, you can buy a game that was $60 for 10 bucks. And I picked it up mainly for Namco arcade. Uh, they have some great old arcade games on the Namco arcade for PlayStation one. Then I got the Nintendo Wii, and I, I used that for a long time. I actually still have it because they got some great exercise games and things. And then I got a Xbox 360 basically after, well after Xbox One was out, so you can get a 360 for really cheap. Um, and I think it's the first time I kind of – with the old systems, you're in your little microcosm. Because you get it. The games are all brand new to you. You play them. They're a lot of fun. They're just as much fun as they were when they were $60. But they're $10. And they're new to you. Uh, The 360 is the first time I really saw that. You lose something now. Because these are connected systems. By being behind on them. Because everyone has played. A lot of these games have a big online component. And by the time you get it when a brand new system is out and everyone's moving to the new system, you're kind of all alone on the old system. (laughs) So uh, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to accelerate my system purchases. Uh, And I think Bill has kind of convinced me of that with his, with his live streaming of, uh, of some of the games that, that he, that he plays with,
1: with uh, Amiga friends on like his PS4 and his Xbox one. Yeah, and getting back to Nintendo though, I think, you know, I think the the modern Nintendo isn't quite as popular. I do know yeah. Super Mario Maker is pretty popular, but it's not it's 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 small potatoes compared to Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. But when you think of the retro Wii U's
2: never had a big yeah. pickup here.
1: But when you think of retro, like the first system that comes to everyone's mind is NES.
2: Yeah, because that's, that's what S- a
1: lot of a lot of the kids, well, a lot of the adults today kind of that NES. were kids, that was their first console was the yeah. NES or the Super NES. So uh when when you think of when they have like retro expos here and retro game events, uh, Nintendo is pretty much the centerpiece of yeah. that.
2: Yeah, for retro, for retro, it's pretty much all Atari and Nintendo, and a little bit of Sega. And then for for modern, it's all Xbox and Sony PlayStation.
0: Okay, interesting. Uh, I suppose that Nintendo is much more powerful in US, but sadly not. Uh, <laughs> Maybe except for that, pokemon go
1: yeah yeah is <laughs> <Pokemon laughs> very popular for, for, for a month
0: <laughs> this is everywhere okay i think now i should ask the last question because really i then i can add one more and one more so this should be the last one and how do you find the time for everything because i know it's hard i I'm only making the podcast, so this is without uh, video, uh, so audio, uh, and it's hard. And, and then if you want to write something or, or something like this, like I am doing, uh, and with this streaming, YouTube, and so on, how you can find, and then you, you should play somehow with your Amiga, yeah? So how to find the time on how it's done and what the family says about this
1: it's it's very very challenging you know it it takes a lot of time um i think the key is just to have like a a streamlined process so for the streaming i have my office set up where all i have to do is flip a couple switches and boom i'm up and running on the streaming so it took a bit of groundwork uh to figure out how to make it streamlined but now it's pretty streamlined so I can just go into my office flip a couple of switches and I'm up and running with the stream making the videos uh, you know like a traditional YouTube video like we started doing uh, takes a lot of time <laughs> and uh, there's there's no way around it it's just because I'm I'm pretty pretty good with the video editing I can uh, get to the point pretty quick so I just rely on my experience to try and make it a streamlined a process as possible. But um, it still takes a long time. And the bottom line is you just have to be dedicated to it. And you have to love it because it, it's, it's your hobby. It's fun. So, you know, when you're not at work, when you're not spending time with your family, it's like, I'm going to edit this YouTube video because it, it takes that that long. Like, for example, my Ami Party video, it probably took me 50 hours to edit it. Um, it was it was a tremendous effort. <laughs> how
2: long were you at the ambi party?
1: <laughs> and I was at Emmy party for three days, <laughs> so it was um, it, you know it was definitely a, a nice chunk of time. Um, but I, I'm lucky where I have uh, I I'm essentially I own my own business and I can you know work when I want and when I'm not working I I can do what I want. So um, I do have I have periods of time where. It's just 100% focused on my job, and I can't do anything else. But then, when I'm not working, I can be 100% focused on my hobby, uh, and that's what allows me to to be able to, to do this. Um, and I just make it my priority. You know, it, it's something that that I love to do, and and I there's only 24. Everyone has 24 hours in a day, and you know, it's up to you to choose what you do with those 24 hours. And I choose. I, always. I choose. Yeah, you can always go
2: by plane, and then. <laughs> time zones, so.
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I've,
2: I've been tempted to get on a plane and just keep circling the earth as the Sun was so the day never changes uh, I think that might help but uh, yeah it's it's I mean it's not easy it's very easy to go you know weeks and, and weeks because there's always there's always something there's always something in the family people you know people get older it's there's more you know Things you end up having to do, uh, you know, for for family, for friends, to to deal with different things that happen in people's lives. And and it's easy to, you know, you get home from work. I I don't have the job Bill has. I, I work, you know, five days a week. So you get home from work, you just don't really want to do anything. You just want to sit and stare at a wall, and would be perfectly happy. It doesn't even have to have a TV on it sometimes. You can just stare at a blank wall, and you're perfectly happy. You're just like totally, like your brain is just totally shot. It's like... You have to find something to, to drive you. To, to say like look I'm not just gonna sit and stare at the wall I got this thing we I gotta get this these Amiga 1000s out so we can do our thing on, on Saturday I'm gonna do it because I like it and you know as you get into it you're like ah oh, you know I'm glad I spent the time that way uh, I think it's just it, you know it's just you know that like like I like I said in a uh, I think. Bill originally sent to me uh, a long time ago. We, when sometimes I take a day off from work and we go bike riding, and he sent me this this little post someone had. I think on their forum. Signature it was like a day you don't ride is a day you'll never ride. A day you don't work is a day you'll never have to work. You know, it's it's kind of the day you don't do the stuff you love is a day that you're never gonna have done the stuff you love. You, you gotta you gotta just try to find the time, squeeze it in there. Uh, and you know, find those places where you're kind of not doing anything. You're a little listless, trying to figure out what to do. And here's something to do. You know, here's something to do that you could make a connection with somebody. You can make a connection with something you love, and you can make a connection with your own past. Uh, I think now we should finish. So
0: maybe not the last question but the uh, the last sentence <laughs> from me so what you can say um, to the guys from new york from uh, to, for for amiga guys i say I, I mind mean, and uh worldwide
1: uh we can say that uh to the amiga guys from new york um Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and come to one of our Westchester Amiga user group meetings. We're always looking to meet new people, and uh, and it's just we you know we meet on the first Thursday of every month in White Plains, New York, and you know all are welcome. And we're we're always looking to meet new uh, Amiga users. So so please uh, please come and see us. All right, come see
2: us. Email us, uh, post message, whatever. If you have something cool, if you have something cool going on. Uh, feel free to let us know. Looks, so, you know, sometimes some of us go all the way to Poland for a good Amiga scene. So, who who knows? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll be able to show up and and say hi. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll add you to the list of uh, of potential future uh, trips. Just because, you know, uh, like like I said, I think you know the things in life aren't as important as the experiences and and the Amiga is a great thing to create experiences so it's something that connects people like us who are interested in it and and it can, you know maybe get get a an actual connection where we actually go somewhere or you know someone decides to come to new york
0: maybe i will visit you
1: Everyone is always welcome. Yeah, anyone who wants to visit New York, man, we will welcome you with open Amiga arms. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And my my Polish wife is an excellent cook. (laughs) I'm good too, so I can. Oh, good. Right. Sweet. But I can bring. I
0: have. No, I'm living in Germany, but I Uh can organize this. I can bring the. Yeah, grouping with me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, <the> group, <laughs> oh, i don't know if i can because this is the you cannot put uh, stuff in u.s yeah from europe
2: yeah oh, no you it's can worth. i uh two, I, you have
1: two li- you're allowed to two liters yeah, worth i, I think, think it's
2: two or one i don't know but i i brought back a bottle of cachaça from brazil yeah i mean as long as uh as long as you, you're below the uh the amount yeah you're allowed <laughs>
0: Okay, guys, uh, uh, thank you for your time. This was the pleasure for me to talk with you. And uh, good luck at your great job. And uh, to the next time. Eh? Yeah, thank
1: Christoph, you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on the show. We're huge fans of Amicast and you know, we wish you all the best. Absolutely. And, and keep up the great work on your end as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, and keep having fun with it. That's the I think the main thing is just keep having fun doing it, and enjoying it. Okay, thank you, and
0: uh, till next time. Bye bye. До віденья. AmiCast, podcast for all Amiga users.